1: We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep
2: Uh-uh, on the corner. This is Greg Olson and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, T E one.
1: What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. We have a packed show of wrestling for you guys today. We're going to be previewing NXT TakeOver that happens this weekend. We're going to be talking about the WWE Draft, which is on the horizon as well. We just talked about main roster stuff on Sunday, so if you guys haven't heard, go back and listen to that. We are going to keep talking about AEW, which I feel like we haven't talked about in two weeks. And for the first time, we're going to discuss New Japan G1. We're almost in the middle of it, but don't worry. We're going to catch you guys up, give you our opinions, and make our way too early predictions for who's going to win G1 this year. It's nice to have New Japan back. So plenty of wrestling on this show. But to start it off, oh man, we have to talk about the presidential debates, which you were tuned in from from Jump. I jumped in like 20 25 minutes into it because someone on twitter was like you guys gonna talk about this on the show and you said of course and i was like oh fuck i gotta watch this shit show so i did and i turned it on and it was as crazy and wild as expected and i was like yo i can't believe this happened like this was a debate and i was really whacked out by it when it happened but now it's a couple days later And I might be weird, but I want to see another one.
2: Yeah, no. I don't want any parts of this. Uh, (laughs) The real presidents of D.C., I don't want to see this. This was like the reunion show. This was like, this is the worst. I mean, the thing is, is there are two things wrong, right? One, having a debate with Trump is stupid because he's not going to listen to anything. He's not going to use any facts. He's just going to say shit. Two, the shit needs to be like around the horn where you have a mute button. Because Trump doesn't shut the fuck up, you gotta shut him up. There's no way you can have another debate without a mute button. And this, this debate was complete chaos. Um, other countries, you know, remember that episode of The Simpsons where the aliens are like looking at us and they're like laughing and shit? Yeah. That's how other countries are looking at us because there's no way that you could say this is going to be the new leader of the free world because Trump was a shit show. But I've said from the jump, Joe Biden, not, Biden is not a great speaker. So he stutters a lot, stumbles all over his words. He misses points. Um, he's never been a great orator. Barack Obama would have slaughtered Donald Trump in this debate. He just would have waited for him and just would have buried him in a couple bars. Meanwhile, Biden just, he's just not a good orator, man. He's not the greatest candidate. It is what it is. But I don't want to see another one of these. Because here's the, the truth. If there's anybody that watches this because they're like, you know what? If I watch the debate... I'm gonna figure out who I wanna vote for. That's not gonna happen. You come into this already picking a side. There's no way you come into this going, man, I was with Trump, but that Biden, or vice versa, that shit just doesn't happen. These are pointless. <laughs> this is the classic case of like, when
1: you go out on a date with a woman, and they say like, the woman knows if she's gonna sleep with you within the first you know five seconds of meeting you. That's people going into these debates, right? Like they know who they're gonna vote for within the first five seconds or they came in with this preconceived notion who they're gonna vote for. But this is the case of, you can definitely talk yourself out of having sex. And that's what these debates are for. Like people go in thinking, I'm already going to do this with you, right? Women show up on dates like, you know what? I'm already gonna sleep with this guy. But you can say some dumb shit and talk yourself right out of sex that's these debates they went in they had their fan bases we just showed up for the shit show but guess what they can say some stuff to talk themselves right out of a vote and I feel like Trump may have done so in two instances here so if people went in hoping Biden was going to charm them romance them win them over you're right that's not the guy that's not who he is Uh, watch Kamala am I saying that right now Kamala 8 Kamala, AJ jumped on me last time for it, Kamala on the VP debate, because she's about to roast people. You want to be impressed? Watch her. That is someone who can speak, and that shit's going to get dirty. I I love it. But if you showed up in the presidential debates for that, you're not going to get that. But we did get Trump saying stupid shit, maybe talking himself out of votes. One being, not he wouldn't outright denounce racism. And and he wouldn't say, that's racist, that's bad, to the point of he was asked directly what he thought of the Proud Boys, and he told him to stand back and stand by. Arguably the worst quote you can give at that moment. I disagree. Grant, maybe not for his hardcore base. Overall, yeah. that's the most racist shit you could say.
2: That's And that's what he's appeasing, appealing to, his base. Like, Everything that Trump said, like this this didn't turn people off from voting for Trump because I don't know who was on the fence. By this point in 2020, with the election a month away, there's nobody that's on the fence anymore. And if Trump is going to invigorate his base and get some people that was maybe considering like I want to be energized to go out to vote, that's what he was doing. He's pandering to them like his his reluctance to even acknowledge that there's a race problem in this country or a police issue in this country. Or to even denounce white nationalists was, it's, it's, again, it was a buzzword. Like I keep saying, and I'm still, like, there's people still on my timeline. From the Colby Covington shit, I still have people on my timeline. So when the okay. debates happened, they, when I said socialists and socialism is just a buzzword, and a vast majority of you have no idea what it means, there are people still coming at me like, yeah, we do. Socialism is bad for America. You know what the fuck welfare is and food stamps? Fucking socialism. That's what that is like. Do you do people understand what socialism is? Same with Marxism. When people talk about, oh, that's Marxist. Do you know what Marxist is before you go out here?
1: Ninety five percent of people have no clue. what Marxism
2: Don't have it. So and it doesn't matter because that's what Trump Trump feasts on. He creates these environments where it's hostile Marxism, socialism, communism, uh, black uh, crime, uh, illegal aliens, illegal Like he uses words that he he, that were America used to be against socialism, like anything that's against capitalism is wrong, which is nuts, because we're the only Western civilization that doesn't have universal health care. And there are a bunch of poor people. Who was like, yeah, I don't need universal healthcare, and you're dying, right, because you're going to vote for Trump because you live living the American dream thinking one day you'll be rich like Trump when that's impossible because you that kind of money is handed down generation after generation after generation. And most people in a class system, which Marxism is against, that doesn't work in your favor when you're broke, even if you are white and even if you have the privilege of being white, you should want the opportunity to succeed. Abolishing class is a bigger issue. And and so when Trump says these things and I see Colby Covington, I see all these people like, yeah, we don't want socialism. And they're on fucking food stamps. Are you an idiot? You're against the very thing that's keeping you alive. Or you're saying, I don't want, you know, communism or socialism. And you're using, quote unquote, Obamacare. What are you doing? So Trump is out here just. Everything that he does is appealing to his base, and his base is stupid, and they're going to continue to vote for him, except for the smart people who are rich, who are getting those ridiculous tax breaks. Trump wouldn't even say that he paid $750 in taxes.
1: No. At, at one point, he got fed up and said, I'm smart. I don't want to pay taxes.
2: <laughs> right. Like, and, but that's, the, that's how the rich get richer. Like, federal income tax is a big fucking joke for rich people. They go, yeah, I pay a lot in taxes. But do you know how many people like Trump? pay very little. And meanwhile, Wesley Snipes went to jail for taxes, right? Trump's not going to go to jail. 750 bucks, $750. This is your president. It's, It's crazy. So these debates are just vehicles for people to get upset and riled up and go vote. But this was not a debate like even Al Gore and George W. Bush, when they had their debate, tons of people were on the fence about that particular election. That election was huge in 2000, but people were really on the fence, and they were really trying to pick sides. This debate is, is a lot different because there are even a group of Republicans and conservatives that aren't going to vote for Trump. They, they're just like, I can't fuck with that guy. He's nuts. This debate wasn't going to do anything for him.
1: I don't, I don't see them, though. That's the craziest part. Oh, I like, see him. I, I see more people, and I think the biggest hope that – that gives me hope is just more people going out to vote because I think the the group of people that are going to vote for Trump is that same group who voted for him the first time I'm not sure if he's gaining any new traction right any new voters like his base is his base but the new voters would probably be in opposition to him so the more people who do vote who didn't vote last time I think closes the gap and maybe puts Trump out of office but the people who did vote for him the first time seem pretty fucking hard-headed and steadfast in voting for him again. Uh, I mean, I went to high school in Vegas, Rancho High School. It was 92% Hispanic. Granted, I added to that population because I'm half Hispanic, so they count me as that. But 92% Hispanic in the school, so I have a ton of high school people still on my Facebook. And I see a lot of stupid-ass people who are Mexican, first-generation citizen Mexican Riding with Trump. Yeah. And having no clue why. Like, but mind you, they see the same shit and they're like, oh, this stuff that happens at the border is so sad and wrong. Boom. Don't blame the president though. Like, they don't want to change Trump. The build the wall shit, all of that xenophobia that he created, they don't care. They'll ride with him anyway because they think it's fucking cool to be a cowboy or something. Or like, every Democrat, if a Democrat's in office, you're automatically going to lose your guns. Like, the right to bear arms has been throughout history. I think you'll be fine without this racist guy. But they don't understand this. They think everything is, like, plain, one side, the other. And for some reason, they think Trump's side is the right way to go. And I'm like, listen, if you thought this shit 40 years ago, your parents wouldn't be here. And you wouldn't be here. Like, how fucking dumb is that? But people don't see that logic. He has a lot of those people. I haven't seen... Too many people, if any, turned off by what he's saying and not voting for him again.
2: Well, I won't call people out by name, but I know people in the industries that I work in that did vote for Trump the first time and that aren't gonna vote for him again because they have been offended by what he's done because a lot of people vote with their allegiance. Democrats vote Democrat, Republicans vote Republican. Two party yeah, fair. Two party system yeah. is bullshit. It needs to be abolished. Yeah. It's the thing. I get thing. that.
1: I get that logic behind it. Like I get, if you always vote Republican, then you might have been in the habit of voting Republican. Right. I get that. As but
2: there least. but there are those people who voted Republican, or they voted for Trump, and they're like, oh, I can't fuck with this. And I know them. There are people that make a lot of money, or make a good amount of money, and they were like, eh, can't really rock with this guy anymore. Because there's certain things that Trump does and says that does turn certain people off. There are Republicans who don't rock with Trump. But the goal for this election isn't for Trump to gain new voters, is to keep his current base while discouraging people to go out to vote for Biden. The reason he won the first time was because people didn't turn out to vote for Hillary Clinton. A lot of people thought, A, Clinton had it in the bag, so why am I going to go vote? Or B, I don't fuck with Hillary and I don't fuck with Trump, so I'm not going to vote for either of them. So Trump, what he's trying to do is create an environment where he keeps his hardcores voting. And he does just enough to make a shit show out of Biden where people go, I ain't gonna vote for him. And if you look, I hate like social media is a truly curated experience. I talk about it all the time where you only get the information that you put out there. And if you don't follow people that you don't like, you'll only see one side of the story. But when I go on Facebook, I see a lot of people say, I'm not going to vote or they just say really dumb shit right about not voting or Trump did this. That's misinformation is like the biggest tool on the internet. The spread of misinformation and Trump banks on that shit. As much as he uses the term fake news, a lot of what he puts out there is indeed fake news. But it's hard to separate what's fake and what's real anymore. So what Trump is going to do is run. It's like running the counter, right? It's like as a running back, you run the counter. It's like, oh, look, I'm going this way. but We're going that way. And then when the play is done, you're like, oh, wait, what, where do we start with? Watch the debate again. I won't do it but i'll tell some of you to watch the debate again (laughs) and watch what trump does a lot of the time is he runs a misdirection he runs a play action on everything he starts to answer the question and then what he does is he hits a store spot with biden to completely turn the conversation on his head if you watch i think i can't remember what the conversation was but trump was starting to answer a question and then attacked biden's son and then biden got upset about that and nobody remembers what the original question was that's how you run a misdirection that's how you yeah, run that a happened black. Several times, several times. To the point where the moderator
1: is just like, <laughs> halfway through, he's like, yo, listen, I'm asking a question about racism and Black Lives Matter, but you can take it wherever you want.
2: And that's what they did. He and, wasn't
1: even demanding the answers to the questions anymore.
2: And I'm going to go back because, what, four years ago when we did this show and I talked about Trump, like when I kept saying that Trump was going to get reelected, I kept saying the same thing. It ain't up to Trump people to not vote for Trump. It's up to people to vote for the other candidate. And Biden's having a really hard time convincing people who didn't vote to go out and vote. There are some people that are like, yeah, I'm going to go out and vote. But you need a lot of people to do that because it's not even about the popular vote anymore. Like if you convince a bunch of people in California to vote for Biden, who cares? He's already got California. It's a blue state. You got to find those swing states. That's the fucking challenge and Biden needs to be a likable candidate in areas where Hillary Clinton was not liked and that is really hard. So these debates again, they're just a bunch of shit because there's nobody that's watching these debates going, man, that Biden question. I was really going to vote for this racist Trump, but now I'm going to vote for this liberal. It's just not going <laughs> to fucking happen. Yeah,
1: the, the one question, it wasn't even a question, the Trump statement Um Talking about Biden's son. And then I think that was Biden's probably best answer of the night. Where he defended his son and his son did have a drug uh, habit and he got help and everything. I think that kind of endeared him to some people. But as soon as Trump brought up his son and talking about his son having a drug habit. Listen, I'll give Biden one thing. He has self-restraint. Because I thought it was fisticuffs time. Like you could have put Big John McCarthy in the middle and said, let's get it on. Like, it, it was that time I was like, yo, he's going to run Trump to fade." I thought, I thought that was it. Kudos to him, because I would have punched Trump in the face.
2: Yeah, and he deserved it. But alas, as the president's election, Trump, as stupid as he is, he's not that stupid. He's pandering to a base, and he's running plays on y'all. And he's running trickery on you. And he's running the wildcat offense, where he's like, oh, all these pieces are moving. I don't know which one's going to go. Like, he's running all this. He's not playing a straight up game. And that's why people like Trump. Because he's unlike any politician we've ever had. People want that. People like... I mean, there's a reason why the uh, all these uh chaotic reality shows do so extraordinarily well, while civil things don't get as much attention. Trump recognizes that. By doing reality TV, he understands what America, to a certain degree, wants. And they wanted something different. And like I said, when it was Obama... When it was Bush, we wanted something completely different. We voted a black man in. And now that the black man was president, people want something completely different. So they voted Trump in. The only thing that's truly hurt Trump heading into this election is COVID more than anything else because it's something that's fresh on everybody's mind and people are really upset about it. It's the only thing that made people go, you know what? This fucking guy Trump is nuts. But other than that, he kind of had this shit in the bag. He's he, All he's really going to do is fumble the bag now. That's it. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's there's plenty of different ways to fumble the bag. Like, I mean, I, granted, people don't care about the taxes as much, but at least we brought it up. Like, that 750 number is, is pretty, you know, a sticking point to talk about. So there's, there's a couple ways that he's definitely, he's running towards the end zone, but he can definitely cough the football up real quick. Um, before we hit the break and start talking about, you know, pro wrestling, what we're here to talk about, between Biden and Trump, since we're a combat sports podcast, they had to throw on the gloves and get into the octagon. Who wins? A straight up fight, three minute rounds. This, this not, Biden, n- not a title fight. There's no way three a guy Biden.
2: who eats Big Macs. I mean, not, there's no way a guy who eats Big Macs is going to beat Biden. Yeah, I mean, Big Mac. The majority of Americans eat Big Macs. No, 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 no. no. Trump is old as shit. First and foremost. Trump is not in 77. Trump is old as shit and he looks completely out of shape. I'm picking Biden to beat that ass. <laughs>
1: Tell you this. Biden's 77. Trump is 74.
2: I pick Biden to beat that ass. Have you watched Trump move? It's not the best.
1: Trump is 6'3", listed. Biden is six foot. that Trump don't... is at least 270.
2: Of chunk. He ain't catching
1: Biden. Six three two sixty. Roy Nelson was a damn near that size. He was a bunch of chunk.
2: Yeah, but he wasn't. Not that I'm saying he wasn't seventy four years old either. And Trump, he wasn't eating Big Macs every day. Seventy seven year old. Yo, um, Trump. I ain't feel like
1: every. there's there's a height weight advantage. The tiny hands really hurt Trump. Because how much power can you pack inside the tiny hands? And I feel like Biden could know how to throw
2: a leg kick. Can't believe this is a real conversation we're having. It's
1: a real conversation. Like if they had to fight. And we're doing the tail of the tape. I feel I'll give it to Biden and this is objective. I'll give it to Biden, but he's he's winning it two rounds to one. Definitely 29-28. Trump is getting him on the ground sooner or later.
2: Yeah, yeah, well.
1: <laughs> it's it's whatever. close. He ain't getting knocked out. Obama knocks Trump out. And we're doing politician MMA.
2: Yeah.
1: And Kamala might stop everybody.
2: She probably will.
1: <laughs> she's just like, uh, she's probably like Shevchenko in the octagon. Looks like K- Kamala's been in a fight or two. So, um, yeah, nah, that's <laughs> that's a little detour into combat sports. That's what we do here, Dre. That's what we got to talk about. Uh, when we come back from the break, though, we are talking about NXT because they have a big weekend. we're going to talk about, the matches, which are really good on paper, and then the build, which the old man doesn't like as much. So we'll talk about all of that when we come back. You guys stay tuned, we'll be right back. All right, everybody, we'll get back to the show in one second, but first football is back and we may not be together at the game, but we can still get in on the action together at home. Put your football knowledge to the test with Contour Pick'em Game from our friends at Cox Cable. Place your picks, climb the leaderboard, and come back each week for your shot at the grand prize. Just say, football picks, enter your Cox Contour Remote to play or visit them at cox.com slash pick'em. all right just that quick we are back shout out to cox cable new sponsor make sure you guys check out that pick'em contest if you are in vegas if you have cox cable in a different state and listening to us it is fun i tried out last weekend so shout out to them now that we are back though old man it is time to talk about nxt and you haven't been the biggest fan of the lead-up to this takeover Mm -mm. neither have i though the takeover came out of nowhere First off, I didn't even know it was going to happen. So now we have a takeover, and then what, the next one after this is probably Survivor Series? Yeah. Takeover, so we get some time, but still two months isn't a lot of time between takeovers. Gets a little weird. This one seems a little crammed, but on paper, I like it. What don't you like about the build for this takeover?
2: This feels very WWE. It feels like w- the Raw and SmackDown are having a direct effect on how NXT handles business. Because I go all the way back to Keith Lee. And Keith Lee being pulled and now carrying across is hurt. And everything has been shuffled around. Shayna Baszler being pulled up and doing nothing. Bianca Belair, I mean, now she's doing something. Bianca Belair being pulled up and doing absolutely nothing. You run down the list of people that they've called up.
1: Well, she's doing stuff. I like those promos. Everyone else was a theater. I don't really care. I those promos. I don't care for those promos. The Mr. Perfect promos?
2: The reason why I don't care for the promos is because they are the Mr. Perfect promos, which are cool or what have you. But then what? Like, I, we've seen, like, remember the Mojo Raleigh promos? I don't give a shit. Promos mean nothing. Put it to <laughs> work. Scaring
1: staring in the mirror, though. <laughs> That's like what I- I'm just
2: saying. It's a lot of whack. But the whole thing is all this business is having an effect on NXT and how they're doing their shows. Um, Keith Lee won both titles and gave up one and lost the other one in three weeks. And it threw everything out of whack. And now, Balor's champion because Cross is hurt. And now they're trying to just shuffle things around and make things work. Look, COVID had an effect, but not like Raw and SmackDown has, has been pulling talent. Riddle never really uh, – he didn't really do what he was supposed to do in NXT. Not, not, yeah. I'm not even saying being champion. It just felt like everything was aborted. Like uh, Mia Yim's now there, Di- Dijakovic, uh, Mercedes Martinez. What? She was just there. Uh, I think his name is T-Bone or T-Bar. T-Bar, T-bar or man. Get it right. T-Bar. 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 Slapjack. Like, yo – but look, Mercedes Martinez looked like she was about to be a force in the women's division. Now she's yep. gone. And it wreaks havoc across NXT. Because it looks like what, what Vince McMahon and company are doing is looking at NXT and we're like, well, they're going up against AEW. But when we feel like we need somebody and, and Vince needs a toy, he's going to take it. And then y'all are just going to have to deal with it. So now yep. we're heading into this NXT takeover. And both matches, both title matches, 0 all three title matches, zero build. One week out. Nothing.
1: There was That's act- not true. There's been a three month build for Escobar versus Swerve.
2: Oh come on, man. I'm, not, I'm just telling you. I'm just you. okay. I'm not, I'm that's just one. But I'm talking you. about three. Three. North American title, WWE I mean NXT championship and the women's championship. All three of those feuds were built in a week. Yep. That's ridiculous. We, week and a half. <laughs> but and that's utterly ridiculous because Kyle O'Reilly wins that gauntlet match, right? And Finn Balor is champ. But you don't get any real heat between these two. You don't have any sense of, ah, they should be facing each other at all. And I'll explain yeah. where my conclusion is with O'Reilly and why they're doing this. This feels like a very soft reset. This is like a time where they're trying to move people around and, and trying to reposition people after the main roster wreaked havoc on it and whatever this draft is about to do. So, I th- like this takeover... It's almost like they had a twenty-woman battle royal to determine the number one contender, and when you looked at the twenty women, you only could see like most battle royals and roll rumbles are. But you could look at that list, and you're like, "There's only like three people who could possibly win this shit." And when Rhea Ripley got eliminated, it was like, "Oh, okay, I know who's going to win. It was going to be Candice LeRae. you Blackheart. She already got her opportunity, because Candice never really had a run. So all of this." has not been good johnny gargano and, and damian priest what where did this come from they're like what is the most heated actual feud are the tech ta- like the tag team titles what's that what match i don't even think they're being defended are they but didn't they say it like last week the week before they said the winner of this match they, like because they did that uh weird ass tag team where they mixed the tag teams up and yeah, they, yeah,
1: yeah. And they said Where the two had to coexist,
2: right? And they said the two tag teams are going to face each other to determine who's going to challenge for the titles at Takeover. That match didn't even happen. This this shit is bizarre. Maybe it'll be
1: on the pre-show. That's but, a good question. But
2: you got to have the match to determine who the number one contenders are, and they didn't have that on NXT this week. Yeah, I
1: don't know what happened to that. They, they, I feel it's, like it's just erased. I'm looking through their social media now, too, and
2: there's not even, like, a glimpse of what happened there. Like, the whole show, like, this whole takeover has been slapped together just to have one. There's no real, yeah. there's no heat. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Like, nothing. This is a setup. This is definitely a setup
1: NXT takeover.
2: Yeah, this it's a reset NXT takeover. All right. Good. Before we run down the card, I'm just going to lay it out there. This is what it is. Kyle O'Reilly's leaving Undisputed Era. That's it. That is the only storyline going on here. And if it doesn't happen, I don't know what they're doing. Since Kyle O'Reilly's return from COVID, he's been playing very babyface roles. He's been more character driven than anybody else in the Undisputed Era. He's the only, yeah. like, the therapy things with Roderick Strong. Like, he didn't really get involved with a lot of their beefs. Like, he would be in a tag match, but he was still playing the babyface. And if you watch the face-off and the prime target, Kyle Rye is playing super babyface here. Super babyface. But then you look on the other side of it, Adam Cole, who just lost the title, was the nearest and dearest thing to his heart. They haven't really played up the jealousy angle, but they've mentioned it a little bit here and there. But there's no other reason for this match to happen then we get the Randy Orton Triple H moment. Like, unless, if Kyle O'Reilly wins, we're getting that moment. But if he doesn't win, it'll be Cole that prevents him from winning in some way, shape, or fashion. But Kyle, this whole thing is to build towards the O'Reilly-Adam Cole feud. Because nothing that comes out of this takeover leads to anything new. If you look at it, there's no not a single match on here where you can look at him and be like, they could have an extended feud. There's one.
1: No, not extended. I think... Uh, maybe Swerve Escobar, but nobody I don't know who else is left in like NXT Cruiserweight. That's gonna be a hell of a
2: match. I, I love, match I, I keep match. saying this. I love Swerve, but I don't what it, I don't know what this character is. So I could care less about my investment in him as a character, but as a wrestler, he's incredible. Swaggy Black Man, but that's it, the but character, it, but he right? doesn't like, really have it though, right? Like I watch him, and I'm like, this is kind of corny.
1: Yeah, he kind of. I don't know. He kind of throws a fit every now and then.
2: But who cares? Angry
1: black man. I don't know. I don't know what the character is.
2: I don't get it. Like, you you look at NXT. You have... um, They they started throwing Ridge Holland around again, right? Yeah. Austin Theory has been lingering, which kind of makes me wonder if Austin Theory is going to be the new person in Undisputed Era. Just the way he's... He was talking about, you know, Kyle O'Reilly. He talked about Cole. If he... If you look at what happens on WWE, on um, NXT, I mean, I'm sorry, on Raw with the Hurt Business beating the shit out of Cedric and then having him join, it kind of feels like we could be moving in that direction. Austin Theory seems like somebody could be fit to join another faction. He's been on a losing streak. He needs some help. Maybe. I'm not as vested in that as I am in the only thing that matters is a Kylo Riley Adam Cole feud because that would be the hottest thing going for NXT.
1: Or this means. Kyle O'Reilly is just gonna lose, but we have Adam Cole somehow trying to help him win, or is sympathetic at the end, because Adam Cole is moving up.
2: No, again, man. there's
1: a draft, they're not they're, which we'll talk about in a second. And some people are moving up.
2: They, there's okay. The way that Adam Cole is built, I don't think you can separate him from the undisputed era. You can separate Kyle O'Reilly, but you can't get rid of the undis because if you blow up the undisputed era, It's Adam Cole. Roger Strong has nothing to do and nowhere to go.
1: Well, he's going to be, he's obviously tag teaming with Fish because they were supposed to be, they won that tag team match.
2: Once again, he has nothing to do and nowhere to go. Seriously, let's be serious. Bobby Fish, nothing to do and nowhere to go. O'Reilly's just, he's the only person right now developing a character. But Cole divorced from the Undisputed Era seems silly. Because it hurts those other guys. But Cole on them, like, dude, the worst thing that can happen to any of them Gargano, Cole, going to Raw or SmackDown. This is a shit show over there.
1: This yeah, I more would so Raw than SmackDown. Yo,
2: I would cry if they were like, yo, <laughs> you gotta leave NXT. Because Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano's had a prime position in NXT for so long. You have to go to one of these things. I'd cry. i quit. I'm out. I. I think Cole would welcome the challenge. It's not even a challenge. There's nothing he can do. There's nothing he can do. He'll be... A yeah. Dude, is it over for Keith Lee already? No. You sure? I don't know. Yeah, I
1: was actually... I liked his match on Raw. It was the one was the only thing I liked.
2: Are you sure? How long was that yeah, match? Yeah, moved him.
1: Oh, he squashed Andrade in like four minutes, which I hated. But I, I thought... Cool, he wins, he gets out of the main event picture for now. All right, I, I'm okay with this. I was hoping it'd be a longer match because those two would have a really good mid card feud.
2: But where does he go? Andrade's
1: partner being hurt, let them rock on the mid card.
2: But where does he go? What is he? I'm saying, like, where, where, what feud does he enter to? Like, you beat Randy Orton clean at a pay per view, yeah. and this has really done nothing for you. I mean that was like three weeks ago at a pay per view. These pay per views are coming at a lightning. Pace. I'm just saying, you beat <laughs> like you are the new guy on campus, and you showed up and you squashed, squashed one of the biggest names on the roster, and you're now really not doing anything. Is that a pay per view or Raw? It was pay per view. It was the one that was a week what after pay-per-view? SummerSlam.
1: Whoa, well, oh, yeah, that show's barely a pay
2: per view. It still was. A, I'm just saying, it was a pay per view because Randy Orton is still in the title scene. This is important. Yeah. Like, if if he would have squash somebody and they just were relegated to the mid card, who cares? But you beat one of the biggest names in pro wrestling who's still involved in the title scene. If I don't know where you go, because unless you turn Keith Lee heel, I don't know where you go with him.
1: Well, no. Now he's building up, and then he can do what he's supposed to do, which is go and enter into a mid card feud. And you got, got a lot why more you confidence in titles. This is why you have North America, or excuse me, this is why you have uh, U.S. titles. Because you need that person to, okay, build him up a little bit, get him that momentum. He beat Randy Orton, so he has that on his resume. That's great. Bobby Lashley has been red hot. If there's anyone that's going to beat Bobby Lashley, I think Keith Lee in two or three months is in a pretty damn good position to beat Bobby Lashley and make it credible.
2: I hope you're right. Here's here's my next question, then we'll get to TakeOver. Yeah. Of all the recent NXT call-ups, who... who who has done well since being called up? And who versus who has showed up, was hot for a month, and then fizzled out. Lee's probably done the best and he's only been there for two months.
1: Um, three months maybe. Riddle is middling. I don't know what the fuck Riddle's doing at all really on SmackDown. SmackDown has gotten really good, and I'm not sure if they understand where to put him. Just just go to Riddle of- Riddle, Bro. if he injects himself into the Icy title picture Cause he's, you know, he's barely missed out, right? So everyone's been pinning him for the chance to kind of go for that belt. So he's kind of in the mix. If you can go him versus Sami Zayn, elongated program, I like that. Cause Sami, again, we talked about it on
2: Sunday, is red hot. So I like that. For but no, no, no. But um, answer the question though. Who, who has come in? Because every talent that comes in from NXT comes in extremely hot, and then cools yeah, you the want fuck me
1: to off. T bar. I haven't seen anyone else recently I, come in at all. I'll give you two that's years. Done well. I'll Bianca, give you. T-
2: I'll give you two years. Oh, over the past two. Years. Two. Give me two. I'll give you two years. Tell me who's come in and sustained their momentum. Oh,
1: that is tough. I know. Can I pick? Can I pick Zelina Vega? What momentum has she had? She's been one hell of a mouthpiece and.
2: She hasn't really fallen off as a match. She, she hasn't. I mean, I'm grasping that strong. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about a. Ta- I'm talking about a wrestler. I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about. Wait, let me let me I'm go through them. Let me go through them. Yeah. Ricochet, Alistair Black.
1: And no, he already has a character reset.
2: But was it? But how hot was were they when they came in?
1: Super hot as a tag team. Mm. Uh, WrestleMania.
2: Re- yeah, won the and, tag match. And then what happened? Or
1: showed out in the tag match and win. They disappeared. Um, Robert Rude. Yeah. No, just came back, didn't do shit.
2: Nakamura probably had the most momentum hitting in the WrestleMania, but look at him—over
1: two years ago. Yeah, and again, I argue, which is a shitty argument, but they've done as well by Nakamura as they have any of the call-ups. Obviously, you're pointing out how horrible they've done of that's my job point of establishing call-ups. But Knock has been a champion on the main roster for 80 percent of his career. Whether people like his runs or not, I don't think he's had a great championship run at all yet. But he's held a belt for eighty percent of his time on a main roster,
2: and nobody cares. It's
1: staggering, and nobody cares. Just letting you know. But
2: you know Just who? Letting you know. But you know, like I gave you the opportunity. But we're going three years now. Drew McIntyre is the one guy, and they it Ooh, it, yeah. it took them a while to figure it out. Yep, like it took them a while to figure it out. But you, and ha- he was in NXT for a whisper. So here's my point. So
1: that's a technicality.
2: They there are like the the NXT prototypical guys are not raw and smackdown looking guys keith lee doesn't look like a guy who vince would be like i love him alistair black uh daniel bryan originally those 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 size individuals they're Mm. not built for what vince is it's the reason why vince goes back to randy orton yep so when you look at somebody like adam cole to bring this back full circle and johnny gargano because you remember gargano and Ciampa got called up for a hot second and that didn't yeah. work out because there's nothing for them to do. They don't fit the mold. They belong in NXT. Th- that's why Balor is back in NXT. There was
1: nothing for him to do. Do you think we start seeing NXT lifers?
2: We should. If Here's why. The reason why is if you're going to call it your third brand, treat it like one. Because we're still using the term call-up in 2020. We shouldn't mm. be. It's the only... Like, NXT is the only show that is actually going up against something, which is AEW. But if you keep treating it like a middle child and you keep pulling your toys from it and you te- keep taking it apart and then you wonder why it's losing in the ratings to AEW, it's your own fault. Yep. NXT was the super indies. Super duper indies. It was ROH New Japan on steroids about four years ago, it never missed. It it Still just, is. but no <laughs> no no it good but it's it's not what it once was it's not these these takeovers haven't been as good these feuds haven't been as good because guys are disappearing and going to Raw and SmackDown faster now I told you as soon as they went to USA this was going to be a problem because now they start to kind of have to emulate what Raw and SmackDown does
1: I I think they have to roll with the punches more than anything else and that's what we're seeing. On weekly television no longer is it taped yeah like you you lose that that cushion right where you tape in what six eight weeks at a time and then it takes you to the next takeover and then you get eight weeks to write scripts and figure out what's going on you lose that buffer so yeah we're seeing how they have to do when they react in real time real time to injuries real time to call-ups real time to vince wanting to take five people for retribution. Like, you are now seeing, yeah, this is what happens when that... I don't know, when that entity has to react in real time and it's not as crisp, it's not as easy. So that's right, they did take a dip because they have to adjust on the fly. But I still think they're producing really good quality matches and, like, NXT takeovers. There hasn't been too many bad... I mean, the worst Mm -hmm. match that I had high hopes for was the Keith Lee... Uh, title match where he lost.
2: These takeovers, so haven't, these takeovers cross, haven't been as good, man. So let's just be real.
1: I really liked In Your House.
2: They they just... They haven't been as good. Like, somewhere... I mean, again, when they went to USA.
1: We definitely need a five-star match. Like, we need those, like, yo, this is fucking knocking just our, our shoes off so good, but... We haven't had that. We haven't yeah, had a lot of you, things. You're right. We haven't had yeah, good Yeah, there, there's a lot of movement and all this. No, because everything's been hot potato with the belt, people moving up, people getting injured. The the number of injuries have been crazy. Wait, the, in- the Rona hit, people sat at home. They The cuts, I, I would argue the cutting of the roster and trimming all of those old veterans, which I think was needed to a certain degree, uh, a lot of those veterans and a lot of people we're seeing appear in aw and so on and so forth trimming all of them off of the main roster then hurt nxt more because now vince wasn't thinking i'm going to trim the roster to have less bodies and it will make us better along with saving money he was thinking i'm going to trim these vets who are making too much money and keep a bloated roster and just replace them with NXT people who are making shit. But I have nothing for them either. So I still want to keep a bloated roster. And that's what hurt NXT. Because NXT was rated because Vince wanted that number still up at the top. The number of bodies. I don't know about that. He just that. wanted cheaper bodies. Look at all the call-ups. What? They, you get, like a they get a raise, no raise when, they when they get, get
2: called up. up. All of them get raises when they get called up.
1: They're not getting paid the money that a 10-year veteran was.
2: Who got cut that was making tons of money? Aside from Gallows and Anderson. Good
1: Brothers got cut. The, uh, um, I would say it probably takes three of them to equal a Zack
2: Ryder contract. He'd been there forever. I, but how, come on, man. How much money do you think Zach Ryder was really making? A 10-year veteran salary. <laughs> do, you think they, do you think they do that? They don't do that. They, they
1: just, oh, I think you negotiate each contract and they up you
2: do you think somebody like Zack Ryder really has room to negotiate
1: I think I think he was getting a pretty penny
2: yes I'm, just, I think I'm saying
1: every time they give you a I think every time you renegotiate every three years or so when the contract came up you get a raise yes I think they gave him more money every time and I think instead of giving someone 50k for being on nxt and you call them up to the main roster you double their pay and give them 100k I'd say Zack Ryder was probably at 400k when he left he wasn't 300k he wasn't right. but either way I would say it's it, 250, 300 and you get three NXT guys for one none of
2: this matters because the same shit goes on on Raw and Smackdown week in and week out and they just move these guys in and they don't do anything you have a yep. three hour like the women's division in NXT has been depleted and it's, oh, yeah. it's been depleted with the women that have been taken out doing nothing on Raw and SmackDown. Whereas Mandy Rose is still being a focal point. It's crazy. Why call I them mean, up?
1: Vince loves his blondes. I don't know. It,
2: the, the, all I'm, I'm, I'm saying, to the whole point of this is, NXT is getting, I don't wanna say ruined, It's getting taken apart by Raw and SmackDown. And it's the reason why we're having takeovers with lesser builds that are just yeah. hot-shotting things around. And now, I mean, we're getting this mystery person who I'm pretty sure is going to be Bo Dallas, which will be fantastic when I see the reaction to this shit. But
1: wait, I, okay, that's sarcasm,
2: right? No, I'm because not. Who's left? Who's a fo- no, no? But I
1: mean, you're you saying it's fantastic? No, it's not. Like, it's not
2: fantastic at all. I'm just, I'm
1: yeah. I was about to say like I'm going to be thoroughly disappointed, but I, I think you're right. I think there's
2: nobody bad. left. Rude Rude appeared yeah. on on Raw. It's there's nobody left. This, like, Which means very little. I mean, that could be
1: a red herring, and then he's going back to NXT. So,
2: I mean. <laughs> the whole point is, is that like NXT TakeOver, we're running into a point where it's being treated more like Raw and SmackDown with like an indie feel than it was where it was just a super indie promotion where you were just watching incredible-ass matches all the yeah. time. You're not getting that anymore. You're not. It's not even rolling with no. the punches. Because the punches that are being rolled with are, like, I can guarantee whoever's in that writer's room at NXT is disgusted because everything they planned out for three months is getting torn apart every oh, six weeks. So fuck constantly. rolling with the punches. like, how can I compete? There's
1: no way. Honestly, there's no way they planned for Keith Lee to win both belts and then vacate one. That's like, a, oh, he's going up in two weeks, by the way. Figure it out. And it's like, well, we don't have the storyline to make them drop both so to say you're going to vacate
2: it was dumb. like
1: it's yeah it's dumb but i mean i guess it's a hand forced on them uh let's talk about the matches as you had said for this weekend we have santos escobar versus swerve i, I think Escobar is gonna win it's probably got, by cheating he's gotta win this is why yeah this is why he has a crew but it's gonna be one hell of a match
2: yeah, if they get time... And I really later.
1: like Santos Escobar. Everyone gets time. It's takeover.
2: It's weird because I really like Santos Escobar, but I feel like they haven't really done right by him. Really? Yeah. I feel like he's a star. And I feel like the crew should be a, a formidable faction. But after the whole Drake Maverick shit went away, we haven't really seen a whole lot. Like, the uh, <laughs> the tag team? Why aren't they in the tag team title picture?
1: The tag team has been wrestling every week on 205 Live. So I think <laughs>
2: who that I said, I'm don't just laugh. saying who watch, nobody <laughs> watches this shit. Just, I'm just letting you know. Again, I'm, I'm just saying. Maybe, does maybe that count? wrestling every week? Like if I play or, basketball, maybe event count. Look, look. I if know. I play, ba- if I play for the NBA, right, and then they say, well, yeah, I just saw fucking LeBron James playing a pickup game in Venice Beach. That's what 205 Live is. Ain't nobody watching that shit. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. That's just where they're wrestling,
1: and. Santos has been doing a lot of stuff on 205 Live, obviously, because he is still the Cruiserweight champion. So, I think they've given him more time than any other Cruiserweight champion, changing it to the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. They've justified giving him time on the made show every other week. But, still, he gets weekly time on 205 Live. So Nobody I watches you. Stop bringing this up. Okay. I'm just letting you know. You're like, oh, they haven't done right. They haven't. built this... They've also built this on a completely separate program. I'm just saying. When fucking AW built stuff on
2: AW Dark, I don't watch that shit either. Nobody. but, but dog, people say nobody watches 205 listen, live. Nobody. At least somebody watches AW Dark. Nobody watches 205 live except for you. You're the only person. I don't. I. I dead ass don't know anybody else that's outside of you who watches 205 live. Oh, I really like 2.0 the tag team. That's all. Awesome. Who is that?
1: That's funny are these two canadian dudes i don't know the real tag team name in wwe but they were like 2.0 in canada on the indies Christ. and they are hilarious but they've been in the feud with uh escobar's crew a tag team feud anyway moving on it's better it's honestly better than the nxt tag team matches in tag team division right now if if you're curious one day and uh, just want to throw it on. i'm not you've had some good matches i'm not curious okay well then you stay on your high horse Who's going to win this match? Oh, you pick Santos. Yes, I pick obviously. Santos. Okay. I think it's going to be a good match. Probably get 15, 20 minutes. It's going to be really good. Uh, Kushida versus Velveteen Dream. This came together in a week. <laughs> <laughs> like, specifically, these two oh, came together in a week. Lord. I don't trust Dream not to fuck this up, if that's weird. Uh, Kushida's going to be great. I think this is a good feud where he can come in and win one. And this really feels good for his heel character. I don't think Dream's a babyface. Wasn't he just a heel again? Wait, you think what You
2: think is. Kushida's a heel? He's beating the shit out of everybody. Dude, he's just got an anger streak. They need. Here's the problem with Kushida. The problem with Kushida was he, he was super baby face and It was the same thing they did with Hideo Itami, and it didn't yeah. work. He just needed an edge. He's not a heel.
1: Okay. Well, there you go. Fine. He's not a heel. Throw him in there. I think it's a good way to have him win and try to start something with him. So I, I'm, I'm good with that. Kushida developing Dream. Kushida is my pick.
2: Mine too. Um, Dream will fuck
1: up a spot in this match, though, so and make it look real Absolutely.
2: Spot. And the guy who diddles little boys, I don't want him to win anything. I'm so yeah, dark. At this point. I'm so mad. I, I'm so disappointed in. I, like <laughs> just, one of my boys. One of my boys works for Chalkline, and I'm not gonna put him out there because then people are gonna look for him. But he sent me a Velveteen Dream jacket like two years ago, and I was like, "Oh, dope! I'm gonna wear this." And now I don't know what to do with it. I'm never gonna wear that shit. Yeah, like it's like bumping an i C. I'm not doing this shit. <laughs>
1: we had so many high hopes for the dream. Really fucked that up. Uh, that and the nose candy. Yeah. Really, just really, really bad path for him. Next match, Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano. And this is where, and we'll talk about the draft again, I guess, here in a second, but
2: this is where
1: I think this is a sayonara Johnny Gargano.
2: I hate, if that's the case, uh, sorry. sayonara Johnny Gargano, and you'll be future endeavored sooner than later.
1: Uh, maybe, maybe. Not. I mean, they could always drop him back down. It's fucking Johnny Takeover. But another title match for Johnny, out of the blue. With the heel gimmick, it it just feels like, okay, there's only so many times a man can lose. They're putting him in there against the new champion because he's going to make Priest look like a million bucks. Mm -hmm. So, Damian Priest wins. I think this is finally Johnny Gargano's farewell. I think he's at like 21 of the 31 takeovers at this point.
2: Yeah, Priest should go over here. I hope it's not Johnny's farewell, but... When people talk about Keith Lee has done everything he had to do in NXT, no. That would be Johnny Gargano. He is the man who has done everything he could possibly do in NXT. And if I felt like there was a home for him on Raw or SmackDown, if they completely restructured SmackDown to look more like the SmackDown 6 from like the mid-2000s, I'd be all for it. I don't trust him, but Damian Priest has to go over. And Johnny Gargano is just going to make him look great.
1: Yeah, the only other thing I can think of if he wants to stay at NXT is DIY getting back together. Yeah. As heels.
2: Isn't it weird? Because tag team division needs someone. Isn't it weird? Because I still don't think Vince watches NXT at all. I really don't. But isn't it weird that ever since NXT went to USA, they've completely just said, fuck the tag team division? Like we're on SmackDown?
1: Yeah. I mean, they stopped signing people. So they, they've, again, been pillaging. So many people came up. There's no reason for the Viking raiders to be up and then one is hurt so boom they're gone aop got called up nothing happened to them they got hurt and they got featured endeavored and then uh okay street profits by the way is probably the second best call-up they've had and they're the champions now and they get weekly television spots and then that's it it's like they they've taken all of these tag teams they pissed off uh the revival till they left the whole division was just depleted from where it was two years ago. And then they stopped signing people and stopped signing tag teams. So now they're just hurting. Oh, well, unless you put some of these other people, these extra bodies you have into a tag team.
2: I mean, they don't but care about I, the tag I team division. That That's my point. Coming. They just don't care. It's the same thing as Raw and SmackDown.
1: I think they care. They don't have, an, they don't have those I guys
2: disagree going. 100%. Okay, right. they, if they cared about the tag team division. They w- we'd ha- get weekly. T- we'd have a tag team match on Takeover. They don't care about the tag team vision on television. Vince doesn't like tag teams. He's only said it like a million times. Yeah, but I
1: don't think he watches or cares to have that much input in. Mm, he
2: cares enough yo, to pull put, them up. Don't put
1: tag. Don't put tag teams on my television. I understand that he pulled up the other ones, but now with the talent they have, they're not keeping tag teams off just because. Oh, it doesn't work for Raw and SmackDown. No, they just don't have anyone justifiably entertaining enough to take tag team time. And they've tried it with Breezango. It's better than Imperium. You can put Breezango on TV every now and then. But now it's like, now what?
2: This NXT was like, the tag team division was great. It's not anymore. They've called all those tag teams up. And what have they done with them? Like you mentioned, nothing. nothing.
1: Yeah, those are gone. I don't got to give a fuck about them. But creating new tag teams have always been something... That they were able to do, they're just at the point where they haven't, they don't have that next tag team. But they can
2: create the a tag team. You know, you know what tag team they created?
1: DIY, DIY, which was very good. So You're they right. could
2: create a tag team with a bunch of these guys that aren't really doing a whole lot.
1: They tried it. You called them the Punjabi Warriors. No, 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 no. that's
2: that's creating a tag team. Right? I'm talking about <laughs> two singles. You threw I'm talking out. about two singles wrestlers that aren't doing a whole lot could be a tag team, right? Not the Punjabi Pain war Like that was bullshit. That was completely another <laughs> bullshit. But what they could have done was create more tag team. Like, they haven't even tried, really. They haven't. Now they recycled Brizango, and then,
1: yeah, that's it. Don't, I don't know. They haven't done a great job during quarantine time.
2: No, it is what it is.
1: Pre quarantine, pre Rona, they still weren't, like, you know, dropping off a cliff. I would say maybe they've been hit hardest. By the Rona, no. In terms of where they were to where they are now, eh? They've been hit hard by terrible booking ideas, and people get pulled up. They've that's they've had to really adjust more. than That's anything.
2: terrible booking. That's all. This it's not their right. it's not the talent's fault. It's where they come from, and yeah. Anyway, moving on. Then we have
1: so Damian Priest wins that Il Shirai versus Candice LeRae. Goodbye, Candice. Along with Johnny, this is very frustrating. I, I think, yeah, I don't. I don't think she wins. I don't think this is the gimmick to have her win. I think if she was going to win, it would have been when Io was a super badass for a second and it was kind of heelish, and Candice was still babyface Candice. But they wasted that time having her be a valet for Johnny and Champa in their feud, and then now this, you know, bad pixie turn doesn't really work for her. It's gonna be a great match. I think it's probably going to be Candice's best. She finally gets to show what she can do, and I think she goes up and does nothing on the.
2: Match. I'm, duh, I'm so concerned with, not even concerned. I'm very curious what those conversations are like at home, where Candice LeRae sits there and remembers what she's done. Like Candice LeRae wrestled Adam Cole for the PWG title one time, <laughs> and now this is what she's doing now. Not that this—I'm not talking about this particular match, but she's been in NXT, and when when she got there, and I was like, "Yo, she could eventually have a run." she could be the one to beat Shane yep. basil that didn't happen nothing has happened if, if she gets called up it's a complete waste of time she should have had a real run in nxt it's almost it's ridiculous but here we are
1: yeah that's tough i don't i don't know i feel like this is bye bye Candice. so il shirai is yes. by the way main event finn Balor versus kyle o'reilly Again, gonna be a great match. I, Finn's had really good matches since coming back down, though. Um, I think this will be one of another one of his best since coming back down. At the end of it, I'll have to watch. Like when he gets to like five matches in this run of NXT, I gotta watch this compared to his first run, and I would argue his matches now are probably better. Character, no. Takeover matches, five, for five. He, if you count in your house and the last it, him and Cole. I would probably say this run, he's better in-ring than he was before when he was, you know, Finn Balor, face paint, fresh over from Japan. I, I, I don't I think these are better run in-ring. I don't know.
2: I don't know. I have to check that one. I'm not entirely sure. because Yeah. So the, once, he,
1: once he gets to like five or so, you probably have to watch it. But I, I think this run in-ring the, is better. The,
2: the feud with Joe was good.
1: Great feud. I think they might have had a ladder match that just didn't hit
2: for uh, it was probably the cage match.
1: Cage match. But, yep. but they yeah, had okay. other... Him-Owen's ladder match. It was okay. Yeah, that, that was the beast um, for
2: movies. Um,
1: Yeah, so... we There's been a couple of matches for him that were like... Eh, in that first run. I think he's turned it up a bit now.
2: I'm going to be so. really honest about Finn Balor. Finn Balor hasn't given us a five-star match. Finn Balor, for as good no. as a champion, as we looked at in the Demon character... The wrestling has been above average. But... There have been better wrestling champions than Finn Balor. Total package? Like better wrestling, like Cole, Gargano, not rude. Nakamura, when he's hot. Um, Even Andrade. Even Andrade, when he was a champ for a hot second, turned in that foot. Andrade gave like two five stars. Andrade (laughs) and Gargano, oh my God. But Finn Balor has been in this weird spot where. I can't remember a single time, I'm being honest, that he had the best match of the night.
1: Yeah, that is so tough. I don't I don't think I can't if if he did, it would be recently. It'd be like the in your house television special.
2: Yeah, I can't I can't remember a single time he had the best match. It,
1: yeah, it's tough. Tough. Not definitely not during his first run. No. I don't think he ever had the best match of night. But we you know, we always pop for the entrance and the face paint and everything was fucking crazy, so it was excusable. Now at a, now he's a better wrestler, in my opinion. Um, I think he wins this. And again, it's going to further a narrative around Kyle O'Reilly and someone else. I don't know if that someone else is Adam Cole, like he detailed when we started this segment, or If it's Austin Theory, who's kind of been trying to punk him from afar. If he's on
2: a losing streak. I wouldn't count him.
1: I just don't know who's going to be his foil. Uh, The thing with Cal O'Reilly is if he goes in a feud with Adam Cole, that's a toss-up. I don't know if he wins that first feud um, or if he could beat Cole at, like, a takeover. If, for some reason, Austin Theory costs him the match and then, like, say Cole comes out afterwards, Austin Theory's beating Cal O'Reilly's ass, Cole comes out, you think he's going to help uh, Kyle O'Reilly with the undisputed era, and they all start stomping out Kyle O'Reilly. Then, cool, his first feud can be
2: with Austin Theory. He can win that, and then go. Here's with why Cole. that doesn't work. You know, here's exactly why this doesn't work. If the whole plan here, like I think it is, is to set Kyle O'Reilly off on a singles path, he has to feud with Adam Cole first. He has to be, for that credibility. Yeah, because you can't go straight to a guy that hasn't won a match in like two months. You got to go with a guy okay. who was on your side. And okay. anybody who's ever watched Kyle O'Reilly in the Indies, him and Adam Cole have had phenomenal matches in the Indies. They weren't buddies, except because they used to be in Future Shock in PWG in the Indies scene. They broke up. Adam Cole became champion and joined uh, um, Mount Rushmore. And Kyle O'Reilly was the foil. Me and Marcus Vandenberg went to the PWG when Kyle O'Reilly was, I mean, sleazy Kyle, all that shit. The man is incredible, and he just never really had that run because he was always attached with Bobby Fish, with Red Dragon, and but nobody really got to see him as a single star. It's there. And there's no way that you book this and you, turn Cole, I mean, you put O'Reilly on his own and you don't put him up there with Cole first because it'll be easily the hottest feud in NXT, undoubtedly.
1: I think O'Reilly. I think O'Reilly was ROH champion, though. He, might he was. might have a hole in that run as well. And
2: they had a feud. But I'm saying, like, the whole point is... Yeah, I was about to say, I think... NXT, the, the hottest feud that NXT could possibly have right now is between those two. There is nobody... Because Balor really has nobody. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, I'm here for it. I am here for it. Like, that's cool. Balor... Balor's obviously going to feud with whoever the hell these promos are. <laughs> so, Balor... Balor is going to win, but maybe Bo oh, Dallas. Jesus Christ. Who, whoever this is, a grant Come on, the guy's cutting promos talking about him coming back to the you know, belt. I know, I the- know. Like that's who Finn. The clock on the guy showing up is NXT yeah, Tagel. Yeah, we're going to see exactly who he's going to feud with after he wins. There's all, there's, I just, it's don't know crazy because it God, if it's Samoa Joe, if it's Samoa Joe, I'm throwing my fucking remote across the living room. I'm marking out. You're going to hear me wild loud in our group chat i don't even care i'm going crazy if it's i would joe.
2: love for it to be joe but joe's like older and injury and he can't run like he used to i'm i it would just make me mad because i know the old joe and what he could do this joe can't do it like he used to so there's joe as an option
1: god i would love joe versus keith Here, lee though i don't care there's
2: another joe person is. that could be lingering in this scene it's not going to be this person because he's currently it seems like he's doing something Big E. biggie is one of the only other former nxt champions that could fit this bill.
1: I would pop crazy for Big E, too. <laughs> yeah, but it won't
2: be Big E. It won't be Big E. It no. won't be. It could be Joe. I doubt it. Bo Dallas feels like the only champion who happened early on and can call people paper champions. Bo Dallas. And that sucks. <laughs> that really sucks. But here we are. I wish it was Sami Zayn, yeah, yeah. but he's already got the IC title.
1: Sami got the title. I mean, Ciampa's there, but Ciampa's already making a different turn. You don't have to, pre, you know, promo Ciampa.
2: No, he's not coming back. He's already either, there
1: so. doing a the heel. Yeah, so, damn, I don't know who it'd be. <laughs> I don't know. I think Fidale will beat him eventually anyway. Yeah. But it adds some intrigue to the night. Um, man, yeah, that was a long-ass segment. So, let's take a quick break when we come back. We actually have New Japan to talk about and a little bit of AEW before we get out of here. So, you guys stay tuned. We'll be right back after this break. We'll get right back to the show in a second. But first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going an extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions,
2: and championship futures all day every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
1: All right, we are back, and it's time to talk New
2: Japan G1. Dre, are you caught up? No. Um, I'm literally, (laughs) I'll tell you exactly where I'm at. I'm at the Jeff Cobb. Uh, Suzuki, Minoru Suzuki match. Um, from uh, Ooh, okay. I, I'm right there, and I think after this match is Kodobushi and Ishii. I think this is exactly where I'm at. I watched everything else, but I, my attention was diverted by the uh, baseball playoffs and the NBA finals and NFL. So I was like, as soon as I got to that match, I was like, oh, I can't like watch something else. I need to watch this. But it's been G1. It's my favorite time of the year. It's a lot of fucking wrestling.
1: Oh, it's a ton of wrestling. I am on night... Hold on, I'm trying not to give myself a spoiler. One second. I have just finished night seven. So... Who was the main event? I am...
2: Ishii and Shingo. Oh, God. Yeah, that's that's two after this one. Okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, y'all know how so, I feel about Ishii. Uh, like, Jesus Christ. Did anybody watch... I mean, did you watch the Minoru Suzuki-Ishii match? <laughs> <laughs> oh, f- crazy.
1: But, um, oh. Um, I'll tell you this. One thing I don't like so far, but it's because I don't like the cheese, right? But I get it. A lot of people on Twitter are, like, super hype over this. I don't need Yano to keep winning. Oh, I
2: love it. How could you not like this? I
1: knew, I knew you were going to love that shit. Everyone <laughs> loves it. I'm how like, could you not like this? It's, it's worn thin. I know he's going to go on a losing streak now because that's how yes. it goes. Um, but they always do this in the beginning and give someone that, like, First crazy, like, yo, how are they winning this crazy amount of matches? Yano's that guy this year. And to me, it doesn't make me like Yano They're, anymore.
2: He's funny. I love Yano. He's just a character actor. I mean, yeah, somebody <laughs> made this point, and I can't remember who it was. Toro Yano is the person that Cole Cabana wants to be. Yeah. <laughs> that's correct. I don't like Cole Cabana either. But
1: that's spot on. Dude. That's, yeah, that's great. It's,
2: but, I mean, the man the man beat Tana. Dude the way he what was his first match uh um yeah, sonata? sonata i mean dude i love sonata. what Torriano does which i think i love more than anything else is he gives you a breather from all this crazy wrestling so you have a minute to laugh and <laughs> you have a minute to like enjoy yeah. what you're watching and I, I think you need that sometimes like he is the intermission without being an intermission it's something completely different. Everybody. everybody else is like balls of the wall, trying to kill themselves. Not Toriano. He's gonna do his. He's gonna tape your ankles together. He's gonna pull that pad off the ring. He's gonna. He's gonna have his video. <laughs> still have his DVD to sell. I enjoy it, and the fact that he's three <laughs> and I enjoy that too. <laughs> Who's your MVP so far? Uh, my MVP is always gonna be she. Um, there's really, I can't. That's just the way it is. Kodobushi's going to kill himself. We all know this. Um, But Ishii, every tournament, like one year, I want to see him win this thing. But he's too old now. I don't ever see him winning. But he just doesn't have bad matches. He doesn't.
1: I agree. um, Not with that, but I agree that he doesn't have bad matches. They're always entertaining. He has his style down pat. Like, he doesn't get out of the box. Ishii, to me is like listening to Styles P. You know what the hell you came for. He's not switching it up. You're not going to get auto-tuned. You're not going to get bullshit. You're going to get people getting their ass whooped and getting stabbed in the throat. That's Styles P. That's his she. You go, you know what you're getting out of his fights. I don't need to see anything else. Will he ever win this? Probably not, but I'm entertained every time. Um. My MVP so far is actually a tie, which I know Oscar. sucks. Like. Ty's like, kicking your, kissing your sister. Yes, Will Ospreay One, is and I could give it to him outright, but I still say just overall he's my MVP so far. The transformation of his body is great and all this stuff. He looks bigger, but the transformation of his move set at heavyweight is incredible, cause it still has a little bit of flippy shit, but he's just super stiff. Yeah, and I I just love it. Um, Shingo beat him, which is weird. Um, but outside of that, very good matches. I liked all his other matches. Um, him versus Ishii was phenomenal. Talking about your MVP. Will Osprey ishii match, great. And then my other one it
2: is kind of out of left field, but I like Kenta. Um, yeah, see, this is why this G1 is so difficult to pick. Because you look up and down this, and you're like, well, who could really win, right? And there's actually quite a few options. Um,
1: On that side of the bracket, I mean, Tanahashi, cool, whatever. Tanahashi could always win, right? Like, you can never count him out when you see his name there. Naito, I don't see Naito winning, just off rip. I think they did him dirty with his title run. I don't think he wins. I think Kenta might be the only guy on that side that legit has a chance at winning and probably that last night is him versus tanahashi
2: yeah i mean that's possible the the other option here is naito actually does become the first champion who wins and then picks his opponent the weird thing about g1 is there have been front runners who have come in and just faded there have been guys like jay white who came completely from behind it's amazing the, the transformation he's made um who came from behind lost three in a row okada when he had his losing streak and then there are guys who just kind of hang around, and then certain people lose, and then they win it. That's so why G1 is so great, because it's so unpredictable. But I'd love to see Naito win it, because we've never seen that before. The champion has never won, and I'd love to see it. This would be a good year for Because the thing about Naito is because but he's been done they, so dirty is the reason why I want to see him win.
1: It's <laughs> <coughs> so dirty. This whole, you know, dropping the belt the way he did, getting the belt, it's just seemed just flat the whole time. Flat. I don't still don't think he got the shine he was supposed to. A lot of that, of course, is because you take a six-month COVID yeah. break and then got to figure shit out. But still, it just it fell flat. So that still feels weird to me. Um, I would say, who's the one person where you're like, I'm really not feeling him this year in the tournament? I mean. <laughs> Mine is easy. Easy. Sorry. Easy. Uh, uh. <laughs> throw him out so, right now get the hell out of here juice oh, robinson yes, yes yes all the way the fuck out of here what is with this new haircut get the well, hell out juice of here is... i can't stand juice robinson yeah,
2: he's he looks really oh bad.
1: boy he looks really bad I, i'm hope... horrible he got worse i'd rather him go back to being the pirate kairi saying ain't here no more you could be the only pirate yeah
2: juice juice oh god he is yeah, bad. He terrible indeed the one person i do want to see win this is kota Bushi
1: okay everyone always wants yeah Ibushi.
2: but that's that's what I want to win that's who I want
1: you don't want Okada to win no you're tired of the whole Okada
2: like, no, no 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 because I, I wouldn't even mind like it doesn't matter but it's to the point where the Kota Ibushi like run against somebody like Naito mm. at Wrestle Kingdom feels like a really big fucking deal because mm. then who do you pick as a fan do you pick against Kota Ibushi Everybody loves Naito when he finally has the title, but Kodobushi hasn't held the title yet. That's the guy who I want to win. Don't know if they're going to pull the trigger, but he's the guy.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I don't know. I still feel like Kent is getting to the finals, so I'm just trying to pick who has the best matchup against him in the finals. It'd be great to see Ospreay, but no one wins it their first year bumping up. I don't think. Who's up? A- no, it took Kenny No, Matt no, here. it didn't. It didn't. I don't think Kenny anyone won
2: juniors, and then Kenny didn't immediately win G1. There was at least who, a year. Who won that G1 that Kenny was in?
1: Who? I don't remember. I'm not going to. I don't. I got to look back at it. But I, I can't remember anyone just making the jump and immediately winning. That'd be some shit for Osprey, and I, I'd like it. But, um, yeah, Jay White's there. I feel like Ibushi probably goes against Jay White. That's just such a loaded side. Yeah. I mean, Jeff Cobb's on that side, Suzuki, Kota Ibushi, Jay White, Osprey, Tai Chi is doing his thing. Ishii on that side. Crazy how stacked that side yeah. is. Takahashi. I don't even fuck with Takahashi Nobody does. that much.
2: Still he just, crazy. He's there to lose. He knows it. He, like, you know, you know your role. Just do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen. You just said you liked Yano. I run, love Yano. So, who... <laughs> <laughs> nah, so this tournament's been great We're like halfway through So I can't wait to see where this goes next Of course now we'll be able to talk about it every week And that's really good Let's touch on AEW before we get out of here So they've kind of had You're talking about NXT and this being their reset button AEW's kind of hit their reset button, right? On feuds and, and getting everything rolling again After the last pay-per-view I've been thoroughly impressed with what AEW's done the past month There's not much that I don't like right now on their weekly shows. I think they're giving us good matches. The storylines are filling themselves out. Cody coming back, again, it gives me what I think Cody does best, and that's be a character and let him talk. I I have no hope that this is going to lead to a five-star match between him and Brody Lee, but the build-up should be phenomenal. I think we're seeing that already, coming out of a promo this week. So I all in all I like what's going on, and we still, it feels like this Kenny, Hangman Page thing is really being slow played, and I'm giving it its time, but they're going real slow with yeah.
2: it, in my opinion. They are. Um, AEW hasn't been to me. It hasn't been overwhelmingly great. It's been it's been good. Really, um, I've liked it. I like the tease with MJF.
1: It's been better in NXT, yes, yes, yes. but that's not the past hard. two months.
2: Um, but AEW. No, I mean but right now it's not hard because just it's not good. But AEW hasn't been like phenomenal, but they've been doing little things that I'm interested in, such as Jericho and MJF. I love their interactions. Um, Brody Lee. Uh, uh, I like um, Jesus Christ. What's his name? The push of what's his name? Oh my God! He's facing Cage next week. I'm having a brain fart, guys. <laughs> I'll look it up, but wow. continue. This no, is making me mad because I'm like guy. I'm a fan, but I'm having a brain fart because I'm looking at something else. Um but even even um Eddie like Eddie Edwards has been great. Really good. Uh hopefully they get the chains off at LAX. They have done some good things. Uh even the, the crazy revival and SEU match was actually really good this week.
1: That was very good
2: this Scorpio week. Scorpio Sky, like Scorpio very Sky good. still needs a singles run, a real one. But this match and the way they played it out with the Revival, they were legit times. I was like, well, shit, they might beat them. Might be the best
1: FTR match it, so far. It,
2: it was. And it, do you know why it was? Because they had no pressure to be great. True.
1: I was going to say it's because they're not in the ring against people who constantly got to get their spots in. And there's no disrespect to the Bucks, who I think are the best tag team you know in the world, but – I think they were in the ring with a tag team that wrestles like a tag team with no like predetermined spots or choreographed shit. Like they did what they're comfortable doing. Styles make fights. I I think that's a perfect style for them. Oh, Will Hobbs. God damn it. (laughs) Will Hobbs. I was about to say
2: I was about to call him something else. But yeah, big. ass. I love that the way they've brought him in. Um, Ricky Starks has been phenomenal.
1: Ricky Starks is incredible.
2: That's a guy that you could push to the moon. He has been excellent.
1: I don't want to be like an old man stickler because, again, I like Ricochet. But I would like to see Ricky Starks maybe find the direction of a weight room. Eh. Just, you know, a little bit. The man's cut. It's okay for now. But it, I think he has all the potential in the world. And not that body types mean yeah, the look biggest the of things anymore. Yeah. But I I think maybe to be like a main event champion, you know, just a
2: little little Uh, bit of muscle. Mass, the guy's cut. Look, Just eat a little bit. I I think the guy is great. Um, I mean, look at Jericho. Come on, he was champ. Uh, Jericho's big as hell. He's big as hell. It's not like he's toned in definition.
1: No, I'm just talking about some mass. Because Ricky Starks is toned as fuck. He's cut. He looks great. But just a little ma- like like, Osprey added some mass.
2: Kota Ibushi, over time, no, added mass. I'm not I'm asking so, a guy wait. to be a bodybuilder. We didn't mention this. Kota Obushi B- didn't just add mass. That guy looks ridiculous right now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, prior to this COVID break, I'm talking about that size of Kota Ibushi, who went, like, you know, from unsigned, even, like, before Cruiserweight Classic. His match versus knock to... Cruiserweight classic to when he full time signed on with New Japan, his body developed a lot. Now, you know. Now he he ate he ate those colivas. the, old the motherfucker is he is jacked. <laughs> 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 Whoa, Him and Osprey. Jesus.
2: Anyway, uh, but I think I think yeah. AEW because they're not they're not beholden to a pay-per-view. There's nothing like they can kind of slow play a lot of things. They've done fine. It's not, it hasn't been out of this world television, but it's been it's been good. It's been stuff that I can watch and be like, oh, I like this. There's a good match here and there. There's a good feud bubbling here and there. I don't feel like they're rushing towards anything. Um, AEW's been perfectly fine. Perfectly fine.
1: Again, I'll tell you the thing I like least going on right now, which that's not to say it's bad. It's just what I like least in their programming that everyone else, I think, likes most. Um, but before we get there... I can't just skip over Best Friends versus LAX. Oh, my God. We were off that week. We didn't even get to talk about that street Uh, fight. Yeah. That's a five-star match. And I, listen, it's okay to have a five-star match between the second best team, third best team on your tag team roster and the fifth. fifth, right? But damn, they are good for the fifth. Come on, The Best Friends, the storytelling, and I will say this because I'm steadfast at Yes, the Best Friends are still the fifth best tag team on AEW television. Sure. But that fifth might be number one entire WWE Dude. if they were there. Out, Because currently, I'm not counting the Usos, and I'm not counting uh, the New Day, because they're currently not tag teams in the story arc. Outside of that, Best Friends would be number one in that other company. And they are fifth on AEW, but they balled out out Um, in that match and that shit was great the storytelling the minivan at the end mom's flipping them off perfect i mean i hope melter gave that shit eight stars if i wasn't blocked i would know that
2: yeah that match was unbelievable that that match was brutal that match had incredible spots i mean even cassie jumping out of the damn trunk the you know (laughs) mom's pulling up at the end to watch It, it's it's one no, thing, and, and this is this is the problem that NXT is about to run into. NXT could do this type of stuff, and they don't. But AEW, they're just here. like LAX. We're like, ah, free LAX, free LAX, and they do a match like this, and you're like, ah, I guess they're okay. Because like, goddamn, like at any given moment, we know these t- teams can turn in. And that shit was stupid.
1: Well, I feel like this
2: only highlights the the movement for free yeah, but LAX. you know it's gonna happen. It's not like LAX is not gonna get yeah. their run right. It's gonna happen. So what, no. so as long as yeah. they get a match like this, you go all right. That makes sense. Yeah,
1: because they can always <laughs> flip <Yeah>. the switch. <laughs> that's that's what it shows. Like you do shit for like six months. And you can always flip the switch. So that match incredible. The thing that I like least going on right now, and I'm sure people are gonna be like, what? Uh, Shout out to Justin Ivey. He's going to lose his mind when I say this. But Moxley-Kingston, to me, still doesn't move Yeah, you're nuts. And I still don't think this is the Moxley. I don't think Moxley has had that feud as champion that moves me. And
2: I don't know if the Eddie Kingston feud is that. I mean, it's not like a real title feud, but yeah, you're nuts. I love this.
1: It is a title. Who well, I'm is he saying gonna
2: feud the, with? he's not going to face. I mean, Kingston's throwing a million people. But I'm saying at Kingston's him. not going to face him at the pay per view. I don't see that happening. This is a this is a no. title feud that's happening on television. This I don't think okay. this will be the main well, title. feud.
1: maybe my perception is different. Okay, if if that's the case, then cool. I'm I'm alright with that because I I like Kingpin Kingston just being kind of the mouthpiece throwing people at him. I'm okay with that. But if at the end Kingston's the final boss and those two are the guy who are at the pay per view, then. It loses its luster. For
2: I, I mean, I like it.
1: And maybe I just don't know enough about Kenny, Eddie Kingston yeah. in the ring. Eddie, Because as a mouthpiece, I'm really bought in. In the ring as a wrestler, I don't see it. But maybe I haven't yeah, watched Yeah,
2: do yourself a him. favor. Watch more Eddie Kingston, especially in Ring of Honor. Dude was just, he's fucking amazing. He's amazing. He's put on some weight over the years. Yeah, In ring? Yeah, Kingston, go. Okay. okay. So I, I'm totally, f- I'm fine with this. I'm fine with Moxley having to deal with multiple people. And I'm fine with Kingston, the way he handles himself. I love Kingston and what he brings to the table. It's like, one. it might be that quietly their best signing. Because he brings so many pieces together that were kind of loose ends a little while ago. Butcher and Blade weren't doing shit, right? Pentagon yeah. and Phoenix kind of weren't doing shit. And now Kingston kind of brings them together. And there's like, the, his whole, the fact that he can go from wrestler to mouthpiece is unbelievable. And he doesn't miss a beat either way. I love it
1: Yeah No the way he speaks The way again That you compare people with him um, To me And I've seen mostly What I've seen of him And shout out to Justin He posts tons of You know TNA or Impact clips In our group chat But a lot What I've seen from him Was him being a mouthpiece You know him in LAX before And he He really was the mouthpiece Of their feud And and I think that was great and I've seen him talk And he's Great promo guy. Reminds me a lot of Samoa Joe and the delivery and the demeanor and the shit just seems real. Yeah. Like he, he reminds me and comes off like that. In ring, I just look at him and I'm just like, What? Like I I just haven't I guess they haven't put him in position yet to do that one on one, like, okay, really show me how you can wrestle thing. And I didn't watch Impact week to week to see him actually wrestle. I saw his highlights and his yeah, promo.
2: Watch some more. Eddie Kingston's great. That's all I'll say about that. Perfect foil for Moxie. All right.
1: Maybe I'll change my opinion. Cool. Maybe I'll change my opinion next week. And then only thing I thought when I saw Eddie Kingston and these promos and the look and his character and the only thing I know of him is, fuck, they're going to give Moxie another no DQ death match. Uh,
2: somebody that's like Kingston, know. I'm here for it.
1: Oh, they might kill each other. Yes. But I mean, think that might be like the box. I was like, oh, they're putting him back in that box. Like, great. Mm-hmm. So um, that was my thought process. Maybe... Listen, they'll probably prove me wrong. I'll be a fan of Eddie Kingston and wishing him to win the belt in, like, four months. So who who knows? But that's just what I think now. Again, not to say anything was bad because I think they're doing everything well right now. Britt Baker looked like she could wrestle yesterday (laughs) or the other day. Yeah. Like, on the real, two months ago, they had the dentist match. I was like, oh, this shit is horrible. She came back to TV. I was like, yo, has she just been cooped up with Adam Cole doing... know wrestling 101 for two months i guess we'll we'll have to see she looked great in the ring the other day so i I think they're really good uh thunder rosa match by the way was incredible i don't even know if we talked about that i don't think they signed her full time that would be a great signing but I, i like everything they're doing right now i think they're building in the right direction nxt needs to hit the same reset button AEW did and start building in the right direction so we'll see how that goes that's been our wrestling episode. Those packed full of it. Thank you guys for listening. It has been great. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter. Corner Club for Life on Instagram. You can follow me personally at Kel Dansby. Him at Andres Hell on all platforms. Shout out to the network, Blue Wire, our sponsors. Shout out to new sponsor, Cox Cable. Make sure you guys play the Pick'em Challenge on there. It's really fun. Really makes football Sundays. Uh, Worth it. It gives you that little bit extra to pay attention to every game. So that is great. It's a long show. We're going to start breaking our shows back down into three shows a week, which would be fun. It'll give us more time to talk about hip-hop and current events at the beginning of these things. Should be really fun going forward. Thank you guys again. Until next week, though. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things
0: running, everything would suddenly stop.